You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott with Pike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. I'd like to welcome this week's guest. It's a pleasure to welcome back on the show Blair McNally. Blair, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining me. Good to be back on. Uh, this time I'm rona'd up, so let's see how la- how long I last anyway. Ah, yeah, we're still, well, in 2023, we're still talking about coronavirus. It's just, it's it's never going away, is it? But it's, at least we've got football. It's different for the first time. We've got the football to keep us occupied. And aye, it's been a, another entertaining weekend in the world of Scottish football. Hasn't it half? Uh, <laughs> I think we can talk. What I want to talk about, first of all, is that WhatsApp message for the Rangers fans. I think that is unbelievable. The fact that the snug bar have went and uh, boarded up their pub after getting that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Thanks, so. I've not heard that. No. Have you not seen this? No, I don't think so. There was a big WhatsApp. Now you see these rumours going about, and it's a, uh, like the WhatsApp message rumours. So somebody's in the know, and they've they've, they've got the WhatsApp message. It's in the, into the group chat, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So somebody's obviously done this for a laugh, screenshotted it. And they've put, oh, they heard the Rangers boys on the happy with Dundee United. So this Sunday they've invited the, it's the ICF, they've invited the Millwall, uh, they've invited Lazio, they've invited uh, West Ham, they've invited like about 20 firms. They're all coming up to Dundee and they're going to smash all the Dundee United pubs and show that Rangers mean business and all that. But it was obviously a joke, <laughs> right? So all the Rangers fans are sharing it, having a laugh. At, uh, even the Dundee United fans are howling. And then, uh, half ten on Sunday morning, I looked on my Twitter and somebody was driving by the snug bar, which is the Dundee United bar, and uh, they, they had it all boarded up and everything. So, uh, and there was like four four or five police vans outside the pub and everything, so they've obviously taken it seriously. Oh, it was, it was a, it was a good laugh, shall we say, the least to say that uh, uh, anyway, but aye. aye. Um, the wacky world of Scottish football, but again, we'll we'll start obviously at Tarradice. We'll talk about the we'll talk about the on-field stuff. It was it was less it was less dramatic as that I would say. Two 0 result for Rangers. Second half goals from Sakala and Tillman gives Rangers three points. Again, with Rangers similar to the week before, nothing happened in the first half. It was probably more entertaining if you were sitting in the the bar and Dundee probably in the first half. But second half they came to life again. Something changes at halftime and Michael Bailey must have them, but they must completely change their, their fortunes around. And they came out in the second half a lot better. They were a lot more sharper. Two really good goals from Sakala and Tillman. And it was a fairly impressive victory in the end. Dominant. You're always going to get dominance off of Rangers against a team like Dundee United. Dundee United said that they started off the season well and then that Alkmaar game just flanned them like the 7 0 game ever since that. They've just, I, d- I don't know what's happened. They've got, I personally feel they've done the United, they've got the quality in their team. They've got players such as Charlie McGrew, etc., such as Stephen Fletcher. Mm-hmm. They've got leadership there, but they've just not got somebody to be able to lead them for the top. They've not got a good structure about them. Um, Glenn Middleton, for example, we've seen Sparks 
of him on Sunday against mm-hmm. Rangers. You know, he showed that he is capable of it, but Rangers just very dominant. Tillman and Sakala, uh, two goal scorers and two players that are coming on to a very good bit of form after a lot of stick. Mm-hmm. The thing with Rangers, obviously, the now is, is that Rangers will probably look and say we're making progress, but they are making progress. It's a lot. There's they're a lot better form, but it's still nine points. Uh, you can look at it and say Celtic are keeping their run going as well. So it's <coughs> Rangers. Are, Rangers are doing what they need to do. They're winning games. They look a lot better. And they they just look. They're beginning to get players back. Obviously, Roof's coming back into the squad. Ryan Jack, I thought was really good in the second half. We're hearing obviously chat about Todd Cantwell and Tom Davis coming in. We'll touch on that in a minute. But they just. Michael Beale, when he came in, it was. I think any. I think any realistic Rangers fan would think the league is probably a bit too far. I. It, it might still happen. I doubt it. I, I think Celtic won the league the way their, their runs going. But all Rangers can do is keep keep winning. Just keep winning. I know it, game. It's tight games. They aren't perhaps playing well in stages, but they're again they're taking chances in the second half. They're scoring goals. They've got players like Sakal and Tillman who are coming on to a game. I thought Morelos was really good when he came on. Kent's coming into form. Rangers just need to keep doing what they're doing. And I, I know it's easy to say, but it's again I think the week I think next weekend's massive. Obviously, we'll we'll touch in the semi-finals at the end of the show. But Rangers just need to keep doing what they're doing. Aye, um, it's a tough one because we can all admit it. Like Celtic are levels above Rangers, and I know you would you would, you would maybe argue with that talking about the old firm, um, but in terms of squad depth, mm-hmm. in terms of what that's they can the offer, big, for the that's full, the big thing. Yeah, in terms of what they can offer for the full season, Celtic are levels above Rangers. Celtic have got the structure. Celtic have got everything perfect to be able to carry out the full season at that level. Rangers are able to play three games here, three games there, drop two games, you know, they've not got that consistency, they've not got, like, you look who's coming off the bench for Celtic compared to Rangers, it's night and day. I mean, aye. And then obviously you get the old firm last week. It shows Michael Beale has got it in him, he's always had it in him, um, to be able to compete at that level. It shows that Rangers squad is able to compete uh, on the day, but can they compete over the season? That That is a difficult question. And Rangers, again, obviously with Rangers, it's just about, it is just about obviously just keeping the keeping the run going, not slipping up. The D United, on the other hand, I know you've obviously said about, they do have quality, they do have quality players. The difference is, if you'd said at half time who's more likely who who should be in front, it should it would have been the Day United for me. The Day United were the better team in the first half, but I think when Rain, when when you play against a team like Rangers and Celtic, when you when you lose that goal, perhaps early into the second half, it's very difficult to come back. It's very difficult to do anything after that because you you either go for the go for the jog, you either try and get back into the game and potentially lose more goals, which has happened, which happened obviously on Sunday. Or you keep it tight and try and nick one and you either stick or twist. The United, their season won't be judged in games against Rangers and Celtic, but they will they will want to get, get back on the, the winning team. I think they've got a massive game on Saturday away to Hibs. I think that's a massive game for them. Massive game for both teams because 
Lee Johnson's obviously coming off this terrible run of form. Mm-hmm. He's just picked up a win against Motherwell. And then Dundee United, they're struggling. They're really struggling at the bottom. So it's, it will be a very good game. And it's coming into this part of the season now where results are starting to become more important. Things are starting to become more crucial. Decisions made are going to be bigger. You know, they're going to have a bigger impact. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, big result for Rangers, obviously. We'll move into the other game on Sunday. The Hibs 3, Motherwell 2, obviously at Fur Park. Kevin Nisbet with a hat track shows how vital he is to that Hibs side. We'll touch on that in a minute. But again, one of those games that you'd probably say two really dodgy defences, I would say. Two sides that could have been, if it was 8-7, I don't think anybody would have been surprised. Just two teams that really struggle at the back. But when you've got players like Kevin Nisbet, I thought Aidan McGeady was really good. It shows you he can still do it at 36. It's mad, it's mad that he's still doing tricks like that, still running again. He just, uh, he just, the, only th- the only difference is he just, he's just a wee bit older. He just looks the same as he did 14 years ago and he can still do uh, the same thing. It's. I thought I was in 2008 watching it. <laughs> uh, he, he can still do it. He's a really still, when you've got that creativity as well, I think as well with Hibs, I know we've, we've touched on Lee Johnson in the past. I think it's a, a tough ask. I think it's it's been a really bad run, but Kevin Nisbet, I've touched on a lot since we started this show. If you can get Kevin Nisbet fat, he can score a barrel load of goals. And you see that. Not many players can do that the way... I thought he was magnificent on Sunday, just the way he carried Hibs. When you're making the mistakes at the back, it's difficult up front. You you lose that bit of confidence because you're always thinking, if I score four, what's going to happen? They could still concede four, do you know what I mean? And Kevin Nisbet just, he didn't stop. He said that was his that was his fifth game back from a really bad ACL injury that's kept him out for nine months. And he hasn't missed it. It's not, he's not lost any of the finishing ability, which is what he's brilliant at. Yeah. What I would like to touch on before his finishing ability, his movement is unbelievable yeah. off the ball. It's a sign like, of a good striker. He makes it... Do you know who he reminds me of a lot? The way he jumps in and jumps out of defenders? Morelos in his prime. Not Morelos now, because Morelos can run the length of his cell now, mm-hmm. but Morelos, if you watch him, like, if you watched him two, three seasons ago, he would jink in it into defenders, jink back out, and then run to the back post or whatever. Watch Nisbet's goals. Mm-hmm. The way he moves, he confuses defenders. Doesn't make he makes them make a decision herself, and then he makes a decision, and then I think it was his third goal. He stepped back out, and then quickly bolted to the front post, mm-hmm. curled down at the top corner, and both keeper and defender had no chance. And for a player that's been out in nine months to be doing that instinctively, he must have been working hard on that training ground because. That doesn't just come back to you. Um, that's a very, very hard skill. The thing with the, the thing with Hibs and obviously Kevin Nisbet is when Kevin, if Kevin Nisbet keeps that going, teams will come in for him. And we spoke mm-hmm. on that. And at the moment, when I think that's a, I think that's a massive result for Hibs. And again, they just need to build on it. They need to keep. They need to get a result, and the they need to keep getting results on the board because it's very difficult for Hibs at the moment. They're when you're in that bad run, you need to keep it going. Or it's when that pressure's on you. Lee Johnson could win his next five games, but if he loses, if he takes a heavy defeat soon, he's back to the it's back to the same kind of thing. And this is where I feel Motherwell are at as well. Motherwell right now, 
you heard the booze at full time. And I think Stephen I think Stevie Hamill, I don't think they're aimed at Stevie Hamill. I think it's just the way the team is. I, I don't think Motherwell fans want Stevie Hamill out the door. I think they're just unhappy with what's happening. I think they're just you don't want to be in that position. And I, I feel for Stevie Hamill, I really do, because it's it wasn't good at the start of the season. He's come in at a difficult time. They they don't have a lot of quality. Van Bean is really their only threat for me. Mother will they'll, they'll be disappointed not to get the result, and maybe in another day they would have got something out of it. But they something really needs to change, or it could just get worse. Motherwell don't really have an out, out ball. I know we talk about Kevin Van Veen, but he's not been at it recently. No. Um, Stuart McKinstry, what a player he is. I mean, he's he's not Motherwell standard. He's a level above. Uh, he's on loan for Leeds, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so I think he'll probably go back to Leeds with the way he's playing. He's standing out in every game. But see, apart from McKinstry, they've not really got anything. No. See, when you look at their team... Kevin Van Veen last season firing all cylinders, but this season, uh, I'm not really seeing him that much. Um, so it's an interesting one, we'll see. Uh, but one player that did stand out for me was unbelievable once again, Ryan Portis. Mm-hmm. I thought Ryan Portis, the way he takes the ball out of defence and just dribbles right through his, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's going to get a move to the Championship, I think. Um, if not, i seen, was there something in Italy? A team in Italy, there was, uh, there's been a couple of links for him as well. I think, obviously, Italy, obviously, with the Italian thing, Italian clubs have done well at the past few few years bringing, bringing Scottish players in. We've obviously, Deutsch is doing well, uh, Lewis Ferguson's doing well, and obviously, before that, Aaron Hickey. There's have, uh, Italian teams will be looking at Ryan Porteous now. Is he, I've been off and on with Ryan Porteous for a while. Is he good enough to maybe play at that level? I think he's very... I, I, don't, I haven't questioned his football ability. I have serious questions about his character, and I've made that really? clear in the past. But what's impressed me the past few weeks is when he's played in midfield, he is a good player. He's a very technical player. So, how do you... He's not He's not staying at Hibs. He, I will be astonished if he's not away. In. How do Hibs replace a player like that? Because... <laughs> He's obviously, character-wise, I, I, I haven't been a fan of him, but he's vital to that Hibs side. So how do you replace a guy like that? It's a very, very tough ask because like, he is the centre of the squad, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He is... Basically, he basically has Hibs at the moment. Um, like Their character, everything about them, everything's really built around him. And then you've got Nisbet coming back. Uh, that is a tough one, but then again, he's been replaced in centre-back. So they've already had a centre-back replacement. They can play a different style with somebody in centre-mid. So I think the problem's got a lot deeper than just Ryan Portis for Johnson. Personally, I don't think Johnson's the right man for Hibs. I don't think he's at it. I think Nisbet's dug him at a hole on Sunday. If Hibs were to get beat on Sunday, I think he was probably gone. So... It's one of the ones, once Portis goes, we'll see how Johnson fills that gap eh, more than anything. But Hibs, they're a big club. They can do more than that. They can bring in players that can go on to bigger and better things than Portis. But, you know, they're getting, what, 12,000 to each game. They're not a small club. so. And the thing with Hibs as well is, is that he was back. Johnson was back in the summer. He spent money to bring players. He's brought. He's brought a lot of players in. If you, if things do go pear shaped, 
what do you do for there? Because they've they've made so many man managerial changes in the past couple of years. How how do you fix that? Because it's so hard, and that that's a really tough fan base who want they they're seeing what's happening at Hearts. They're seeing Hearts consistently finish third. Hearts and Hibs probably squad wise aren't that similar, but Robbie Nielsen's getting far more out of his Hearts squad than Lee Johnson as his Hibs squad. And that's the big difference. And that's how this fans that's how fans turn. This is what I'm saying. I just don't think Johnson is getting anything out of this squad. I think Sunday was a stroke of luck, in all honesty. Um but the way they've been playing has been absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. Once you lose a goal, their heads are dropping. Um they don't Hibs are supposed to be a dominant side against the, see the likes of Ross County, Livingston, etc. Hibs are supposed to be dominant. Hibs are supposed to be getting into these games and controlling it. But they're not. And I, a lot of Hibs fans were worried this season about just they were wanting just to stay in the league. And as a Hibs fan, that should not be no. your agenda. But obviously, they've got the fear of what's happened before, haven't they? Aye, I mean that's that's the thing as well, and that'll play in Hibs fans' mind because they have had that experience of being relegated when they were in a good position, and it's just you don't want to get there again. I think again. If you've got Kevin Nisbet and Aidan McGeady firing, they'll be fine. But they need to keep them fat. They need to. That's what they need. They need to get a consistent run of results. And Sunday could have been a big step towards that. Saturday we'll go through the results. Celtic two, Kilmarnock now. Again with Celtic, obviously, but keeps a keeps a winning run going. They're in a really good position in the league, nine points clear. Again with Kilmarnock, we'll start with Kilmarnock first actually because Kilmarnock obviously plays Celtic in the cup semi final on Saturday. You lose two now away to Celtic again. That there's nothing to be disgraced about that. But the first question you have, Derek McInnes will have, is how do you turn that round going into that cup semi final? McInnes has done it before. He's done it before with Aberdeen, so he knows what's in it. It's whether he's got the firepower in his squad to do it. Hamden's a total different game than Celtic Park as well so getting in there 2-0 it's not not the hardest Kilmarnock uh, obviously they, they did put up their own against Celtic uh, I heard in the first half anyway um, my dad was at it he said the first half Kilmarnock were alright but Celtic are always going to be dominant it's just whether I think it's a case of whether Celtic turn up or not uh, it's Saturday at half five yeah it's whether Celtic or not turn, uh, Celtic turn up or not, rather than Kilmarnock. Because if Celtic don't turn up, Kilmarnock will get every chance. Uh, it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to seeing it anyway. But I think it's the same at Hamden as it is. Like, see the likes of Old Firm successor form goes out the window. Yeah. It's a cup semi-final. Everything's at stake, you know, so... I think with Kilmarnock, they did contain Celtic pretty well, actually. I think they frustrated Celtic in the first half because Celtic were really getting nothing going. They were creating a couple of chances, but they really never... They never really got, they obviously get the goal just before half time. I think I think settled Celtic more than anybody. But I think Kilmarnock will take a lot of positives for their performance. Twenty one percent possession, but again, it's not you're not going to go to Celtic and get seventy percent of the ball. You're not you've you've got to you've got to keep that keep it tight. You've got to try and frustrate the home team. I thought Celtic were magnificent in the second half. I thought they were really just they stepped it up a gear. I thought Hatati was really good. I think I think with Celtic. You can talk about Celtic, they create a lot of chances and maybe sometimes they maybe don't score them, but they don't need... I mean, you would rather be 
playing, creating the chances. You need to create chances to score them. But if you if you're playing well and winning two 0 at home, you'll take that every day of the week, just as long as you're winning. But I think Celtic were. I thought Celtic were really good in the second half. Aye, Celtic are always going to be dominant. The way Ange plays as well, the squad depth he's got. Aye, it's very very tough to go to Celtic Park. Um, but as as I said, Kamalik have done it before against Celtic as well. You need to remember. So mm. you know what? That's it. The, the fun of the cup. The problem is nowadays it's harder and harder for teams. I would say to beat the likes of Celtic and Rangers than it was ten years ago. Like the Celtic of today, compared to the Celtic of ten years ago that Kamalik did beat. The Celtic of today would probably beat them double figures. Um, and that's been nice. Just like, the, the difference in quality in 10 years since Rangers have come back. Uh, aye. So, as a, as a tough one, we'll wait and see. But aye, I think, in all honesty, I think Celtic will have, have this one easy. Probably about 2 3 nil again. They might not have Joseph Juranovic for that game. Joseph Juranovic is expected to go to join Serie A side Monza on an initial loan deal with a view to making it permanent in the summer. Again, though, Juranovic has obviously been, we saw at the World Cup that he can play at a top level. He's a really, really good player and he will be a miss for Celtic, but they've recruited early. They brought in Alistair Johnson. Again, another sign of smart recruitment. He's looked solid in his first two games. I thought, I, I think it, it'll obviously take a bit of time to get used to coming in, but I thought he's been really solid so far. And you don't really, obviously when you lose a big player like Juranovic, you're thinking, how do you replace him? It's been smart. You, you go and get somebody before, beforehand and Aye. he's a decent player. It's been, it's been done already. Like, Aye. and it's, it's crazy how Celtic, it's crazy how Celtic have just done that. Like, like, like that, like it's smart recruitment. It's one thing that you look at Rangers, right? That would not happen with Rangers at all. Well, it hasn't happened with Rangers. You no, look it at ha- Rangers, absolutely hasn't. And they're looking at the championship. They're looking at here, here, and they're spending stupid money for players nobody's even even heard of. Celtic, they've been on Johnson for a good couple of months now, but that's good scouting. That's good recruiting, and that I think that is the difference between Celtic and Rangers. Post the Coglu. His levels above anybody, and the thing the that gets me, the thing that gets me with Postacoglu is, and I've spoken about this a few times, and I think when you look through the Celtic side, the players that fit Postacoglu's system, like every player is a seems to be identified for the system, and that's where I think Rangers have struggled in the past few months is that they haven't they're they're bringing players in, and it's difficult to see where they fit in. I think that is changing because when you see Michael Beale talking now, he's saying. I'm identifying these players. That says to me that he's got a bit more flexibility in the transfer market as opposed to maybe the last manager and maybe even the manager before that because I think a lot of the players were were thought of with the footballing department and maybe brought to the table. As a, I think Bill's bringing a few players to the table. But again, Celtic have just been so smart with recruitment and you see it by who they're bringing, bringing on. They brought on five subs. I'll just go through these players. O'Reilly, Turnbull, Abada, Jack and Marcus and Forrest. That's who they brought on on Saturday. They walk into the Rangers team, most of them, right now. And that's the thing. And there's just so much depth and it's just smart recruitment. Kobayashi was in the bench. They've got the, the other Japanese player that's came in as well. They have a lot of talent. And again, when when a season comes in and you're, you're working in all fronts and 
you can pick up injuries. Rangers have had, Rangers have a lot of injuries, but they haven't had the depth to cover that. Celtic could get two or three injuries and probably still be fine and still have like for like in their squad. And that's that's the big difference. That's the that's the reason Celtic are nine points clear and in a far better position than Rangers, I would say. But again, it's going to take Rangers time. Celtic, though, it's it's obvious. Jack and Marcus could be away as well. There's talk of him going to Japan. Again, though, if I'm a Celtic fan, I wouldn't be worried about that because I would just I, I would trust the recruitment so far and think that there's a positive there's a positive replacement coming in. I wouldn't have any issues if I was a Celtic fan with players going out because I know there'll be positive identification and new signings. Aye. Um, listen, I don't see Celtic crumbling anytime soon. I no. could be wrong, but I think they are set up for a good fears to come. The good thing I would say about Michael Beal is the way he is speaking is exactly what Rangers are needing. The way the way he's saying, like he's pinpointed every problem that is wrong with Rangers, and he's identified it, and he's fi- he's trying to fix it, and that is what the fans have been calling out for. So mm-hmm. it's good that he's not another person that's come in and he's n- like. He knows exactly what the problem is because he's been there for so many years. Yeah. So, like for example, he's saying, "Is that player a a Rangers player, or is he going to come in and upset my dressing room?" Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the difference you need. Whereas I think, uh, previously Van Bronckhorst was just bringing in people, you know, and I don't think really... it was. I don't think it was Van Bronckhorst bringing in the players. I think that was what's wrong. It, it wasn't. I I don't see Giovanni Van Bronckhorst signing a Rabi Matondo. Like I really don't. Aye. Like, I think oh. that's been the issue. I think we likes so. up now. You can obviously say a uh, Todd Cantwell and Tom Davies if they, if they are coming in. I think Cantwell is closer than Davis at the moment. Are they going to come in and completely transform Rangers again? That's but that's unknown. Well, but Rangers fact, didn't bring any. Rangers didn't bring any Dutch players when you think about it as well. Yeah. So, so it shows you. It, it does show you a big difference. But Michael Beale, when he was asked about them, he said he was telling you. I've seen these players before, and I would rather that I would rather the manager know what players can do as opposed to bringing in players and hoping they fit a system. And that's the problem. That is where Rangers need to improve. Now I've heard I'm a lot more encouraged with Michael Beale coming out and saying I know these players as opposed to not really hearing from the manager about identifying players. I think Rangers are in. A, I think just that change is enough to say that I think recruitment is going to be a bit better in the next couple of months and I think it needs to be, it needs to start now the talk of two or three players, they need to start and it's going to be a big January window for Rangers. A team that picked up a big result on Saturday was Aberdeen, a 2-0 home win over St Johnston, two goals from Duke, uh, Duke sorry, should have been three, uh, obviously, but it was uh, called off with VAR. Again, Aberdeen, they needed a result badly. They got a 2-0 win. Graham Shinney's back as well. He's a big player. His influence will be clear in that side. Just calmed the nerves at Aberdeen and gave Jim Goodwin a big sigh of relief. I think it's just a ticking time. The ticking time over him. Uh, he's another Lee Johnson for me. I just don't think he fits the role of Aberdeen. Jim Goodwin has always been a different... Like Jim, I know Jim well. Um, I've... I speak to him, spoke to him quite a few times. I've interviewed him, must be about at least twenty times. I know him well, but Jim is not an attacking manager. The style that he portrays is not attacking, and he was known for it at Alwa. 
he got a lot of slack. For, uh, I got a lot of stick for it, Alwa. Then he came to St Mirren and it didn't work at St Mirren when he first started. He got a lot of stick at St Mirren because his defensive style. Uh, and then he, start, he started changing up a bit. But in terms of Aberdeen, he's too defensive of a manager. Aberdeen need a free flowing manager. Somebody that Aberdeen fans want good football. And they're not getting it. And that it's as simple as that, really, isn't it? They want good football and they're not getting it. Like I look at Partick Thistle, right? And I know it's a bad comparison, but Gary Caldwell came in and he was just a defensive minded, terrible manager. He just didn't have a clue about anything. Power points a lot. Could talk the talk, but he couldn't walk the walk. Whereas Ian McCall, a new Partick Thistle, he's an attacking style of manager. He's a free flowing manager and it's good football. And you've seen the difference. You've seen the difference at Furhill, like, in the, the two campaigns. And it shows you, like, Aberdeen needs somebody that plays good football, and they're not going to get it with Jim Goodwin, unfortunately. St Johnson, on the other hand, four defeats in a row. Again, you usually get, with St Johnson, you know what you're getting. They're, defend, they're disciplined at the back, but they were struggling a lot with long balls. Miofsky's out of form, but Miofsky was could have been two or three. They really struggled to handle the call game. They really need to get get their finger out. They're struggling again. Uh, Xander Clark was a massive loss for them at the end of last season. He's a huge, huge leader, and you can see it. Uh, losing the, not even Xander Clark because they've lost the actual soul of their team, mm-hmm. like uh, McCart, etc. After that Galatasaray game, losing their players, that, like, obviously, uh, what's his name? Wee boy, what, uh, MK Dons? Uh, McCann. McCann. Alistair McCann. He, obviously, was running in the midfield as well. He was bright, but they've not really replaced these players. They've not really got anybody that stands out in the team. Stevie May's an old player they've brought back in, so Johns are struggling. They're going to need to dip into their budget in January, I think, because they need something fresh, they need something new. Yeah, I think they need a couple of players as well, where I think they're going to be in a, potentially in a, a relegation fight. Again, big result for Livingston, a 2-0 win away to Ross County, Bruce Anderson with a double. I have spoke every week about Ross County, I feel as if I'm just going round in circles, they, they do everything right, but score goals, and another day, they could have won the game, but... The big difference in this game was Livingston and a striker in Bruce Anderson who can take chances. Right, you said it for yourself. Um, <laughs> Livingston, they're not, they're not a like similar, similar to the way Jim Goodwin plays. They're not enough, like they're not a good team to watch, but mm-hmm. they do it effectively. That's the difference. The the way David Martindale sets up, he's not out there to play this a wonderful attacking football. And it's get everybody, but see when he does it, he does it right, and it is effective at the end of the day. And that's what a team like Livingston needs. That, uh, as for Ross County, don't know where where they can really go with this. I mean, it's a classic uh, example. You can you can play all the right, you can do all the right things and play all the right football, but if you're not scoring goals, you're it's you're, they don't have a clinical edge. They just have, they they don't take their chances and they've. They create chances. I would. I mean, I've spoke to a Ross County fan the past couple of days, and he says all the time, "They, if if Ross County had a Bruce Anderson, Ross County would be in the top six. And I agree with that. 
absolutely agree with that. They just do not have, they don't have the guy who's going to get them fifteen goals, who's going to keep them up. I don't see. I think Ross County are nailed on to finish twelfth. But then again, that just comes down to quality, doesn't it? Yeah. If oh, definitely. Yeah. If if you've got the quality in your team, you've recruited well, and obviously they've they've not done it properly. They've not done what they've needed to. So it kind of does come down to Ross County's fault at the end of the day. They uh, need to. They need to go and sign. They need to go and sign a striker. They need I've to seen go it time and, I've seen it time and time again with players, teams creating all these chances, blah blah blah, but they just can't score. You mm-hmm. look at Celtic and Rangers in Europe. Celtic's yeah. a prime example in Europe. It comes down to the quality at that level. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can be creating all the chances, but can you finish the chances? Because that is the end the result that you're looking for. Do you know? So, Ross County are they really good enough for the Premiership? Yeah, I mean it's I mean Livingston. Yeah, you said it there, Ross Ross County or Livingston. I think you'd probably rather go and watch Ross County, but. I'd rather be in Livingston's position of winning games. It doesn't matter how tough it is. If you win, you're... I'd rather win games dirty than you know win games ugly than play well and get nothing out of the game and just being home frustrated every week. Because I can imagine that's what Ross County fans are doing and it's tough. And again, Livingston are just doing what they do. And David Martindale, big loss in the, the dugout, obviously, with Marvin Bartley going to Queen of the South. I think that will be a bit of a... I think that will be a, a sore one. Because I think Martin Bartley brought a lot, brings a lot to that team, and I think with David Martindale, I think he bounces a lot of ideas off Bartley. Aye, I think that's a huge loss because you look at the see when you look at the touchline, it's always Bartley that's out. Mm. Martindale used to Martindale used to be that guy. I don't know if you remember when Gary Holt was manager. Yeah, that, that was David Martindale. You heard his voice for a mile away, David mm. Martindale. Still do obviously, but back then I remember thinking, who is this nutter at the side <laughs> of the park? And then obviously he get the job and stuff. He kind of took a step back to the manager's own. Bartley's kind of Bartley's not really a nutter, but but you can Bartley's always been that type of leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge move for him. But it's going to leave a hole for David Mardell. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's one he'll need to fill. We'll move into the final game of the weekend in the Premiership. St Mirren one, Hearts one. Strain with an early goal for St Mirren before Snodgrass leveled it for Hearts and it finished one one. A late red card from Marcus Fraser. I think St Mirren fans will be wondering in that first half if they were watching Bar- a prime Barcelona because that first half they were absolutely excellent and were unlucky not to be two or three up. St Mirren are playing very good football at the moment, yes. Uh, do you know what? I think St Mirren are probably one of the strongest positions they've been at in the last 10 years. I would go with that, yeah. Uh, just the whole club and obviously rest in peace to Frank McGarvey and stuff. Big, mm-hmm. big, big loss for the club. But the whole club at the moment, everything's moving in the right direction. I mean, you've seen the attendance for the Hearts game was actually bigger than both the Celtic and Rangers games this yeah. season. Uh, they had, obviously, the North Bank, that is, their group has grown. They had that big display. Five, ten years ago, you wouldn't have had that, and it just shows that St. Mirren, aye, as a club, Saturday, I think... Uh, I looked at just the whole game and like the attendance, etc., and just thought St Mirren are in a very, very good place right now. And obviously they're fan-owned as well, do you know? Mm-hmm. So things are looking good as a St Mirren fan. Yeah, absolutely. But again, they, they fizzled out towards the second half. Snodgrass, who I think the first half he really struggled, again, it shows, it shows you the quality he has. He comes in, scores a big goal. Gets Hearts a point. I think Hearts will take the point after a, a disappointing, a disappointing performance for them. But they're still sitting in third. Again, 
when you're when you're not playing well and still getting a point out of the game, it shows you you can still it's it shows good character as well. And I play like Robert Snodgrass as well. He's a mass. He's he's been massive for them the past few weeks. Having Shankland, they're probably been their two best players. Aye, Snoddy's a player. Just he's played at every level you can think of. He's mm. done it all. And when you're bringing a player like that into the Scottish Premiership, he's going to do it. Doesn't matter what age he is. Shankland. He's done it on the Scottish Premiership, but for him to come back and hit that form running again, mm-hmm. just shows you how good a player he actually is. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move into the cha- the championship. We'll touch on a couple of games there. I'm keen to get your thoughts on Parfit Thistle. Uh, just uh, the results over the weekend. Race 1, Dundee 1 on Friday night. Arbroath 1, Inverness 4. Air 1, Hamilton 0. Cove 0 under a new manager. Cove 0, Queen's Park 6. And Parfit Thistle 2, Morton 1. We'll start with Parfit Thistle. Big result for Partick, obviously puts him back into the playoffs. A big result over Hamilton. It was tough. It was a, it required a late goal from Ross Dockery, but it's a big three points against a a, a playoff rival, shall we say? Aye, um, I think Saturday was absolutely vital to see what direction both clubs were going would mm-hmm. be going in. Uh, unfortunately for Morton fans, I think that is the end of Morton's playoff hopes. Think so, personally. I don't think they've got it in them now. I think Morton are just going to slide down the table. Uh, aye. I think Saturday Saturday proved that. Thistle, aye, Thistle were mostly dominant. Uh, and then you've got the likes of Doug Emery getting sent off. Mm-hmm. Morton kind of lost their, their heads a bit. Aye. Personally, I, and it might come back to bite me, but personally, I think Saturday was... Uh, a marker to see what way both clubs would be going. Mm-hmm. The big result for part of this, so obviously I, I think as well, we saw how close the championship is. They're not too far away either. They're, they're in a decent position, 33 points with 21 games. A team that are flying though in the championship at Queen's Park. Again, the story of that game was before the match was obviously Paul Hartley going back to Cove. I don't think anybody was surprised when they heard that news. It was, it was in the pipeline for a couple of days. But it, well, it couldn't have been any worse. Yeah, a homecoming for Hartley, a six now hammering the Queen's Park. Simon Murray with four, Davidson and Savory with the goals. If you want a, if if you want a sign that this Queen's Park team are here to stay in this division, then that's a, that's a massive, dominant victory. And Simon Murray with four goals shows that this Queen's Park team are going to be hard to stop if they're in that kind of form. Queen's Park eh, will not be staying in this division. I'm going to tell you right now, Queen's mm-hmm. Park are going to take this league with something else. Like, the way Kilmarnock should have done it last season, I think Queen's Park are going to run it this season. Queen's I think the thing with Queen's Park, though, that surprises me is, this was not, this is earlier than they thought. This They did not expect to be in this position last year. I think they, were, I think they, they surprised themselves going up. So to be top of the league after Christmas... I think they're even going. I think they're even further than they thought they would be. Oh, 100 percent, They didn't. They didn't expect to be in this position. Their hopes last season were just to get into the playoffs, and obviously winning the playoffs, they get into the championship. But you need to remember as well, Queens Park. This isn't like a say. Should we say a Leicester story or something? Queens Park have actually. Put a lot of money into this oh, squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that, they, they, they want to be in the Premiership, but I think they're just, I don't think they expected to be 
this close to being there. Aye. So obviously they've got the new stadium coming on. They've got the money from Hamden. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? How many clubs do you know in that championship that have got millions in the bank? Oh, there's certainly a better, but yeah, there's certainly a there's, better. There's position. no clubs. Queen, yeah. Queen's Park are probably the richest club in that league at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Simon Murray, hats off to them because you can have as much money as you want, right? But there's only so much money can do. Players like Simon Murray, they've been out of form for how how long? He's. I heard Queen's Park fans saying last season that they wanted him gone in the summer. He wasn't good enough, and he wasn't good enough. He didn't play that well last. Then the tail end of last season is when he hit his form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't do that much throughout the season. This season, he's just. I think in the summer, the new manager coming in on Coyle, he's just made such a difference to him. I feel like I'm watching the Simon Murray for Hibs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's. Back to Fire and Besson. Thistle, we've played them three times, isn't it? We've not beaten them once. Mm-hmm. That's like remarkable. And it shows just how good how good a team they are. A player I would definitely watch out for is Boateng. Yes. Centre mid for Queen's Park. He's a revelation for them. He's come in, he just he controls that midfield. Um but the, the, they've got the good core to their mm-hmm. squad. They've got a Prime player in the, like each position in the core of the squad, and I think that's a big difference with them. That's why they're so consistent. That's why they're playing so well because they've done it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're in a great position as well. Big wins for the air, Inverness as well. Dundee obviously drew with Wraith. A couple of big games at the weekend. As obviously Dundee play part at Thistle, and that's a big game for both clubs. And Queen's Park, a big game going to Inverness. Inverness have turned it round the past few weeks, and a win there, a win there could again. Give Queen's Park a put great Queen's Park in an even better position. League one, the tie of the, the tie of the weekend was undoubtedly Edinburgh against Dunfermline. It went to Dunfermline a one 0 one. Obviously puts him back four points clear at the top of the league. Craig Wigton with the early goal, and I think Dunfermline now in a really good position. I think a win like that just puts them in a far better place. Aye, uh, I think similar. I think the league's wrapped wrapped up. Personally, I feel Queen's Park have won the championship and Dunfermline have wrapped up League One. Um, you know, anything can happen in football, anything can change, but I think both teams are just too strong in the respective leagues. Uh, I went and seen Dunfermline against Falkirk, and Falkirk were very, very good. Mm. In all honesty, Falkirk were probably the better well. side. Falkirk were probably the better side with what they showed, but. Falkirk's problem has always been consistency mm-hmm. against the likes uh FC Edinburgh, Airdrie, etc. Falkirk aren't really doing it as they're doing it better this season, but they're still not doing it as much. So that is the problem. That's why Dunfermline will take the, take the league, I think. Yeah, I think Dunfermline are a good position as well. Falkirk a big 2 1 win at home to Montrose. Kelty again, then a really good one. Uh, run down to 10 men with Lewis Martin and Senop, but still won 2 1 away to Clyde. Uh, again, Alawa 1 2 1. They came from behind to beat Queen of South. Queen of South got a new manager in Marvin Bartley. I think I'm, I'm very surprised that's where Marvin Bartley's went. I thought I, I thought I heard he was linked a couple of the past couple of years with big jobs in the championship. It's a big chance for him. I think he's more than I think he's a more than capable manager. I think he's going to take like this, take to this management role really well. I think he could be a really good manager in the next few years. I think it's a perfect fit. I think, I think it's a perfect, it's a perfect fit, fit for yeah. all sides because, in all honesty, if Marvin Bartley went to the championship, I think he would probably 
swap. Um, I, I just don't think he would be. He's ready for that at the moment. He's still an assistant manager, whereas with League One, it's against the smaller sides. He's able. He knows most of the players anyway because he knows the Scottish game. Mm-hmm. You remember he's done his manager training, so he knows people. He's got contacts anyway from the bottom. So, I think it's it's a perfect way to learn from the bottom, but it's not too low. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. obviously Queen of the South. Playoff promotion hopes, still maybe a possibility. So, yeah, I mean they will need to get a run going. They're only six points away for fourth right enough, but they they will need to get a run going again. It's just it's it's another tight league. There's a lot of really competitive teams in there. Kelly have really had their had their run as well. They're in a good position. Again, it's just finding consistency, and I think he will take it really well. League two, we'll touch on that. The big game between the top two was postponed to Barn against Stirling, but we did have some big games. I think the winners of the weekend in that league are Albion Rovers, a 4 0 win away to Bonnyrig. Again, Pitt takes Albion off the bottom of the table. Massive result for Albion Rovers. Aye. Um, I didn't expect that result to be honest I didn't with you. I thought it'd be the other way around. Uh, but Bonnyrig Rovers, they look to be struggling, bottom of the table. Uh, it's a tough one because they started off well, didn't they? they started off well, yeah. They started off. I think there were a lot of people's steps to go up, and again, I, I don't think they're necessarily. And I, I don't. I just think they've struggled. I just think they've struggled to find consistency after getting into league. I do think they'll be fine. I think they've got the quality to stay up. It's just it's a t- competitive league. I mean, you see with Forfar as well. Forfar a big result away to Ann and Andy can beat anybody in that league at the moment. Stenhouse Muir, new managing Gary Naismith getting their first re- first one under him. A double for Matty Yates. East Fife, a 2-1 win away to Elgin. That's a really tight league when you look at it. Obviously, the top two, I think, are out on their own. But from third to tenth, there's only eight points between them. And it tells you that tells you how tight that league is. Aye. Uh, do you know what? In all honesty, I think... And obviously, it's between Dumbarton and Stirling Albion. I think it's going to be a very, very tight finish. Mm-hmm. Dumbarton and Stirling Albion at the end. Um, last looking up m- more on like that's looking up further on the table, but both sides I've seen them, but and I've seen Stirling and I've been both this season, and I can't spot them apart at the moment. Obviously, there's four points between them. Dumbarton are obviously top, but the game's just been called off there at the weekend, wasn't it? Dumbarton Stirling and been so. Yeah. I win for Stirling and been that brings it back to a, a point. You know, I it's going to be a very very good league this season. I think everything's going to go at the wire. I think it will go at the last day. Yeah, I think it could as well. We'll touch on what's coming up this week. We have some competitive action in the midweek. We have four SPL Trust Trophy uh, quarterfinals to talk about. Dundee versus Dunfermline, Hamilton Clyde and Queen of the South versus Kelway on Tuesday and Queen's Park against Wraith Rovers on Wednesday. Four exciting games over the midweek. Will you be going to any of them? Uh, Maybe. Possibility. If I'm well enough, obviously. I'm just coming out my final days of my third spell of coronavirus, so yeah, we need to we need to release that contract soon enough. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely sick of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. gonna be some it's gonna be entertaining action in midweek. We do have some via via play cup semi finals, obviously formerly known as the Premier Sports Cup. Celtic against Kilmarnock on uh, Saturday night at half five, and Rangers play Aberdeen both at Hamden on Sunday. Right, Blair, who's gonna play in the via play cup final? Who's gonna win? I think it's. I think Celtic Rangers for me, I can't see anything other than that. I'll be very surprised if the. When was the last time we had a Celtic Rangers Cup final? Three years ago, and Celtic won 
I still to this day don't know how Celtic won because the do- Rangers dominated. Oh, it Celtic. was a Julian one, wasn't it? Julian offside. Well, it was offside, but it was a goal. Right? It was again, though. I can see that happening again. I can see Rangers Celtic final. I just I don't see anything other. I think both sides. I think it's massive for Rangers as well because I know obviously Rangers have improved in their cup performances under Van Bronckhorst. But this is a different story. Bill is obviously part of the Gerard thing. You can argue the one flaw Gerard had was his cup record was atrocious. Bill, I said Bill was involved there, so Bill will want to rectify that, and I think this will be a big step on Sunday. Celtic Rangers will win for me. I can't see anything other than Celtic Rangers final. I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a hard one because you need to remember as well Aberdeen against Rangers. They're looking for payback after that. Aye. Uh, they're looking for payback after that 3-2. Rangers are going to be too strong, I think. Celtic will be too strong for Kilmarnock, but do you know what? I'm not going to say Celtic Rangers because I'm 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 not I don't want to rule it out. Uh, I think there could be an upset with Kilmarnock and Celtic. Okay. I just I, I don't know why. I just feel there could be an upset with Kilmarnock. And I'm thinking about going to it. I don't know. Okay. We might see an upset with Kilmarnock and Celtic. I think it's a big occasion for Kilmarnock as well because obviously we saw how good it, it was for them to get into the semi-final. They, they love getting back into that stage and I think after the, the season they had last season just to get back, there's a, a good thing for them. Kyle Lafferty's back again after his suspension. Could he be the missing link? Against Celtic with that suspension? For, <laughs> we'll be that occasion. Yeah. It's going to be interesting but we do have a, it's going to be an exciting week ahead. We'll obviously be back next Sunday to talk about what's happened and Blair this week it's been an absolute pleasure to be on the show thank you very much thank you no thank you it's good to be back on and talk absolute garbage as usual that's what I love doing (laughs) it's always good we always love it thanks very much so much tuned in please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and as always follow us on social media we'll see you soon cheers and we'll give Blair a wee shout out as well Blair where can people find you for your vlogs on Scottish football just type in Blair McNally onto YouTube and the rest is history. You'll be you'll be having fun for five seconds. You'll click back off it. So enjoy yourself. Nah, they won't do that. They won't do that. I kind of recommend Blair enough. Some really good vlogs, and obviously we'll put a link in the description. Uh, thanks very much. I will see you soon. Cheers. Thank you.